Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one legal-minded page of Talmud every day. And today's page of almost 87 is something straight out of L.A. law. If L.A. law or Ali McBeal or whatever your favorite lawyer show is was set up in Talmudic times and populated with very, very smart and contentious rabbis, because listen to what the Talmud tells us today in Yevamot, page 87. From the fact that the latter clause of the Mishnah teaches, if she, a woman, married without the consent of the court, she is permitted to return to him. That indicates that she did so not by the consent of the court, but rather by witnesses, i.e. there are two witnesses. She does not require special permission from the court. With this in mind, it may be inferred that the first clause of the Mishnah, which speaks of one who acted with the consent of the court, is referring to a situation when there was one witness. Apparently, one witness is deemed credible when he testifies about a husband's death, i.e. the court will permit a wife to marry on the basis of the testimony of a lone witness. I read this and I felt compelled to rush to the telephone and call up our guest today, our friend, our teacher, the man who makes it all clear. Rabbi David Bashevkin, how are you, my friend? Liel, what an absolute joy uh, to be speaking with you today. And we are- I too only, by the way, need just one witness, just you. <laughs> and we are entering a part of the tractate that is most commonly studied in yeshiva, in seminaries, in bate midrashim, in houses of study, really throughout the world and throughout the country. And it really is based upon the very principles of being a witness. And the way this chapter begins is with really an astonishing disclaimer that whereas in all of Jewish law, in order for any proof or any evidence, we usually insist upon two witnesses, there is a very important notable exception that will be expanded upon within this tractate, and that is when we are dealing with a potential aguna. And aguna means a woman in a chained marriage, someone whose husband has gone out overseas and we do not know what his whereabouts are. We don't know definitively that he is deceased. We don't know definitively whether he is alive. So we allow the testimony in some circumstances, which we'll elaborate in this tractate, even with one witness. And I thought this was a remarkable time to emphasize what is going to be a very central theme in this tractate of the length to which rabbis will go, the Talmud specifically will go, in order to permit a woman to remarry following an ambiguous relationship where she was definitely married, she has not yet received a divorce document, we're not sure if her husband is still alive or not. So what lengths will rabbis go in order to permit her to remarry? And the Talmud over here has one of the most notable exceptions to the normal rules of evidence in that we will allow her to remarry with permission of Jewish law, even with one witness. And to me, this calls to mind the extraordinary lengths that 
the Talmud lays out in this tractate, of which so many of the wild scenarios we're going to return to over and over again, to ensure that women do not remain chained in these ambiguous relationships, but find a way for agency and freedom and to remarry and build a life again. If you will permit me, I would like to read a prayer that was written by the great Rabbi Isaac Elchanan Specter, who wrote something really, really incredible. If you'll allow me, and you don't ever have to invite me on again, because he wrote it initially in Hebrew, and then I'd like to translate it in English. And he writes something so beautifully about his own efforts in being able to decide on such cases and the lengths that he will go to make sure that people have the agency to remarry. He wrote the following prayer. Ribono shel olam, dear God, galoi v'yadua lefanecha, it is well known before you, asher zekama esros shonim, it's been decades, asher ani mishtamesh birabonus, that I have been in the rabbinate, v'shelos uchuvos rabus bo alai aldivri agunos, and I deal with many, many questions that relate to the question of an aguna, this ambiguous marriage, someone who's in a chained marriage. Vihineni bechol pam each and every time behold miagea vaamel umistadel yoser kvikfikochi. I put in more effort than I even thought I had the capacity to expand. Visham kol enai levaket stade heter, and I look at all the sides of how can I be lenient. Baad hanashim asher tuflu tolibahem on the people who rely on me. The al kain says Rabbi Yitzchak God, please have mercy on me as well. The Albani Asher Tafloi Taloi Bo, who rely on me. And I think that it is so notable that someone who spent their lives in the rabbinate, who authored volumes of notable works, found that the one area in which he beseeched God, the one merit with which he asked God to bestow goodness on him, was in the efforts he made to make sure that they could find some leniency, some way for people to find this agency. If you'll allow me 10 more seconds, there was a rabbi who died uh, just a few weeks ago, named Rabbi Nutta Greenblatt, who is a rabbi who lived in Memphis, a small Jewish community. It's a, it's, it's a big city, but it has a, a small but old Jewish community. It's not like in the tri-state area. And he lived there. He died in his late 90s. And his entire life was dedicated for this very cause. And he would go and travel throughout the country helping people acquire divorce documents and helping people who were in chained marriages find their way out. And what I found so moving is that there was one story where a husband came, essentially, to finally give his wife a divorce. And he said he'd be there at 6 o'clock, and he, he was kept on delaying and making excuses, Eight o'clock passed, midnight passed, they stayed up through the night, and Rabnutta said, I am not leaving, I am not moving anywhere, I'm going to make sure that this is in my hands. And finally, this person stumbled in the next day, 
and uh, and finally gave this divorce document. And many years later, this woman wrote to Rebnata saying, I cannot thank you enough for your advocacy and for your determination in making sure that this happens. What could have been, God forbid, I still would have been stuck in this dysfunctional marriage. And it was this very note that Rebnata asked his children to be placed in his coffin. And I think that there's something very powerful and very moving to see people whose lives were dedicated to the community, like Rebnata Greenblatt, like Reb Yitzchak Elchan Inspector, who did so much for the community, but the one merit they wanted to stand upon is the very line that we're reading in the Gemara, this notion that before in Aguna, to prevent a change marriage, the rabbis were looking to bend over backwards and find a path forward. That was the merit that they beseeched out for God to help other people rebuild their lives following these difficult circumstances. Amen, Selah. So beautiful. Rabbi David Bashevkin, thank you as always for being our guest. My absolute pleasure. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.